Good morning, Orlando. Six o'clock on a Monday morning. We're glad you've joined us for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander. Our top stories this morning Florida is sending aid to Texas to help with recovery after Hurricane Harvey, and local students remember a classmate who died over the weekend. We'll have details coming up in one minute. Harvey in Houston already dubbed the worst flood disaster in American history, and it's not nearly over. We will go live to Texas in our first segment this morning of Good Morning Orlando. 602 now on News Radio 1025. Governor Rick Scott sent more than two dozen fish and wildlife officers, as well as equipment and other resources, to Houston, Texas to help with the damage and flooding from Hurricane Harvey. The governor says Floridians know firsthand how damaging a storm can be and how important it is to have support from other states to deal with the aftermath. We'll have the latest from Texas coming up in a live report in just a few minutes. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, damage from Harvey could affect how much you pay at the gas pump. Patrick DeHaan of TampaGasPrices.com says Harvey spared Florida. But will there still be impacts to the gas supply? He says probably. The big problem, though, is going to be logistics. And, of course, with refineries down in Houston and Corpus Christi, there's a big loss of gasoline production. One of the other issues is can barges get out of even Louisiana to make it over to Tampa? It's certainly a possibility that we see some minor disruptions. DeHaan says you can expect gas prices to go up because oil production halted for some Gulf refineries in Harvey's path. Right now, the average price for regular here in Central Florida is two twenty-eight a gallon. Students and staff at Lake Mary High School will hold a moment of silence today for a student who died in a crash over the weekend. Investigators are trying to figure out what caused 17-year-old Brandon Ty's car to veer off I-4 and hit a tree Saturday. The car burst into flames after the crash. A nearby deputy tried to pull Ty out, but it was too late. Officials at Lake Mary High say grief counselors will be at the school for as long as they're needed. Police are trying to figure out what led to two people being shot and killed in the parking lot of a Dollar General store in Marion County. The bodies were discovered Saturday morning in Weirsdale near Highway 42. Investigators found Stephanie Gonzalez and Jeffrey Durden dead in a maroon SUV. Deputies learned the two were in a relationship. A medical examiner deemed both deaths a homicide. When authorities tracked down Gonzalez's husband, they say he shot himself before they were able to speak with him. Florida schools are more than a million dollars richer after a weekend auction of unclaimed property. Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas says almost 60,000 individual items went up for auction in Orlando Saturday, and every one of them sold. The item that brought in the most money was a pair of 17.6-carat diamond and platinum earrings that went up for $75,000. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know why anyone would not claim those me me neither there's (laughs) got to be a story there must be the 1.1 million dollars raised goes into the state's education fund to support florida's public school system and a slithering nine-foot python has been captured in eustis three lake county deputies caught the snake saturday after a utility worker saw it in the royal trails area the deputies were able to catch it and keep it contained until wildlife officers arrived the snake is now at a reptile facility WFLA News Time now, 6.05. Read about Game of Thrones season finale driving the internet crazy at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News. 
news, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. The Bud Man here, and alongside me in for the vacationing, Deborah Roberts, Tom Alexander will be with us all week long. We have never seen anything like what's happening in the wake of Hurricane Harvey, now a downgraded tropical storm in southeast Texas and Houston. And and it's extraordinary, is it not, Tom, to think that we may not even be halfway through the ultimate meteorological nightmare they're living there. I know. It just keeps dumping rain over and over again. It's sitting right over that area. It's I think I read a year's worth of rain now in a matter of a couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. They may get 50 inches of rain in Houston. They average 48 or 49 for the entire year. I have some stunning stats on all of this, but this is a very human story. In a moment, we're going to go to our reporter in Texas for a comprehensive update. But right now, let's listen to the sound of the desperate people of southeastern Texas, principally in and around the fourth largest city in America, and that would be Houston, Texas. Well, this appears to be uh, either the worst or one of the worst floods Houston has ever had. We are measuring it not in inches, but in feet. My friend's house is kind of ruined now, and it's just sad because, like, that's where she's worked so hard, and, like, things have just happened there, and it's, like, memories that get, like, taken away by, like, something that you don't expect. This is not going to be a one, two, three-day deal. It's going to, it's going, even when the rain, when the storm is no longer a storm. Um, we know that the aftermath is going to require a, a lot of attention. It was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, the whole downtown, just a mess, absolute mess. Uh, our friends and neighbors, our store, a disaster. It just breaks my heart. We'll go where we can without getting in the way of the operators. We certainly won't go in a place where we would prevent life-saving activities from taking place. Uh, the president wants to go to show his support. He doesn't want to go to get in the way. Our city's underwater right now. Our, our bayous are all overflowing. Our roadways are flooded. Our neighborhoods are flooding. And on and on it goes in Houston and over a large expanse of southeastern Texas in the in the wake of um, of Harvey, which came ashore down near Corpus Christi as a Cat 4 hurricane at the start of the weekend is degenerated into a tropical storm with Sustained winds at only about 40 miles an hour, but the rain won't stop because the circulation won't move. And the forecast indicates it's not going anywhere fast, and this situation is destined to get far worse. If you want to help the folks in Texas, you can donate through the Red Cross in a host of ways. Find out how you can help. Go online to redcross.org, redcross.org. Get on the phone to 1-800-RED-CROSS. 1-800-RED-CROSS, or text HARVEY to 90999. Text HARVEY to 90999. One of the big controversies already is the mayor of Houston deciding not to order a mandatory evacuation. He's taking a lot of heat about this. But based on what we have right now in Houston, Texas, I believe... I, were I the mayor, would have made exactly the same decision he made. Where are you on whether or not they should have ordered a mandatory evacuation in Houston or not? I'll take your calls later in this half hour. First stop, though, will be a live report with our man in Texas, our News Radio 1025 National Correspondent, Taylor Millard. He's on deck right after an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which I will bring you in just two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Our hearts, are they not, are all with the people of Houston and surrounding areas in Texas 
as the flood calamity in the wake of Hurricane Harvey continues unabated. Our man covering the story throughout the weekend is Taylor Millard, our News Radio 1025 national correspondent in the Lone Star State. Thank you for coming on. Uh, good morning, Orlando, again. And what is the latest in Texas this morning as we begin to, to wake up and confront this new day, uh, Taylor? Well, the latest is that Harvey is expected to slide back into the Gulf of Mexico, become a tropical storm again, and hit Houston and Galveston again in the uh, next couple of days. In the meantime, the Harris County Flood Control District and the Army Corps of Engineers is releasing floodwaters from two major reservoirs around the city of Houston. Uh, they say that's being done be to make sure that the dams don't fail and to make sure that, well, there's room to take more water, more flood water oh as it goes into the dams. Now, my understanding, Taylor, is that the water that comes out of those reservoirs to save homes up there and to keep the dams from breaking and to get more capacity to handle additional rain has to flow down through the main culvert. They call these bayous culverts or culverts bayous in Houston and the big buffalo bayou, am I correct, has to take the water from those reservoirs and it's already flooded. Right. It's already flooded, and uh, the Buffalo Bayou is going to be taking that uh, water mm. and then emptying out into the Houston Ship Channel. Uh, there are also new mandatory evacuations in Fort Bend County, which is closer to uh, Sugar Land, which is uh, you know, a little bit away from Houston, but still in the same area. Uh, the mandatory evacuations there are along the Brazos River, which could hit 59 feet at some point. Far in uh, excess of a flood stage, right? All the records are being broken. All the images over the weekend of the of the Lone Star Navy, they're calling it individuals with boats and rafts showing up to go down these um these these roads that are now rivers and pluck people from their rooftops. What's going on in that regard? And what about the latest casualty count? I, I it seems to me it's remarkably low given this calamity. Well, there's still a bunch of information that's being figured out when it comes to casualties. There are at least five storm deaths, but it should be pointed out that a lot of these are unconfirmed. One man was found dead in a Lamarck Walmart parking lot. However, what police have said is that uh, he's a homeless man. They know who he is, and they're not sure if he died from a health-related issue or from drowning there was one woman who was found dead on Saturday night in high water. She, she's believed to have drowned. Another man was killed in a structure fire in Rockport due to uh, the storm. Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez tweeted information about uh, two people who were found dead in a car on Saturday. However, that information is unconfirmed at this moment. As yeah. for... The Lone Star Navy, the Houston Navy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Houston police put out uh, a tweet from about uh, 10 hours ago saying anyone with a boat who can volunteer to help, please give us a call. Uh, their lake patrol officers have been very active with water rescues as well, and they expect these rescues to keep going on today. Now, listen, and, Taylor, uh, I know I know that you only have a few seconds before you got to dump here and you got to go serve another station, and I appreciate that. Before you go, um, you watched it all weekend long. What is your assessment of how well officials in Houston, in Texas, and FEMA and the feds are handling this with the president expected to show up tomorrow? 
Everybody keeps asking me that question, especially since Mayor Sylvester Turner said, don't leave Houston. To be honest, it's a darned if you do, darned if you don't situation. Uh, in, uh, there was flooding in uh, Memorial Day of 2015, and people tried to leave the city. Well, the highways dipped down below sea level, and you had people in the teens killed uh, because they got stuck in those, right. uh, in, in those tunnels, for lack of a better term, and died. Uh, everybody's just trying to help out as much as possible, and uh, that's the best thing you can do is help out and pray. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent in the Lone Star State, Texas. Um, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and Taylor Millard, we want to thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on. We'll catch you tomorrow morning. Happy to help. Thank you. I do appreciate it. In a moment, I'll tell you why I am with the embattled mayor of Houston, Sylvester Turner. I believe if I were mayor, I would have made the same call that he did based on what we know now. I don't know what the future's going to hold. Nobody does. But not to have a mandatory evacuation of that massive city, the fourth largest in the country. Are you with me on that, or do you think they made the wrong call? There should have been a mandatory evacuation. I will give you some history and some absolutely stunning stats to put into perspective how much water has inundated the Houston, Texas area. This will blow your mind. Stay with me. The amount of water that has fallen and will still fall on Houston and surrounding areas is flat-out mind-boggling. I mean, it really is. It is now being reported that 9 trillion gallons of water in the form of rain has fallen from Harvey. And 5 to 10 trillion more gallons will fall before things wrap up midweek if the forecast holds. The 9 trillion gallons would fill Utah's enormous Great Salt Lake twice. It would take nine days straight for the Mississippi River to drain into Houston to equal the amount of water already there from the rain. If we average this amount of water spread equally over the lower 48 states, that's the equivalent of about two-tenths of an inch of rain on every square inch of the lower 48. Incredible. The amount of rain that has fallen, it is estimated, would fill up nearly 34,000 Empire State buildings from basement to penthouse. It's unbelievable. I'm with Mayor Sylvester Turner on not ordering the mandatory evacuation of the fourth largest city in America. That's Houston. Population of the city, 2.3 million. Metropolitan area total, 6.5 million. They tried it with Hurricane Rita that came in the awful season of 05 in the wake of Katrina that inundated New Orleans and killed 1,800 people, by the way. They had more than 100 people die on the road leaving Houston for Rita. We've only got two deaths in Houston, and they may not even be directly related to the storm. I think he's made the right call unless the entire city goes under and thousands of people drown. I think lives are saved without a mandatory evacuation order. Yaffe, any thoughts on that and anything coming into the text line? Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, it's a really tough situation, especially when you think of Rita. You know that they were thinking about that when they had to make this decision. You know they were looking back to Rita and they were saying, do we want to go through that again? Plus, there wasn't a lot of time to prepare for this one. This one kind of came pretty quickly. Yeah, it absolutely did. And here's the deal with um, with Rita. People got on the highways, and it was the worst gridlock, of, uh, people say, in American yeah. history. And, and, and then people 
ran out of gas if they didn't go underwater in, you know, in, in ponding on the roads. They ran out of gas, and then they died in the heat. Yep. They had 24 senior citizens, I was reading, die in a bus accident leaving Houston. This may well be one of the gutsiest calls in history if the death toll stays as incredibly low as it is so far. I would hate to be the one making that decision, but based on what I know now, I think I would make the same no-mandatory evacuation order that uh, Sylvester Turner has made. The mayor there has taken a lot of heat for it. We'll continue with a whole lot more storm coverage and a whole lot more. Joe Opio, uh, he's coming up. Stay tuned on that controversy. Deb's on vacation this week. Tom Alexander is handling the news chores and joins us again with our big story, of course, all focused on southeastern Texas. The whole country is trying to pitch in and do what they can, including Florida. Go ahead on this, Tom. Thanks, bud. The remnants of Hurricane Harvey continue to dump rain on the Houston area. The city is facing what the National Hurricane Center calls catastrophic and life-threatening flooding. The American Red Cross of Central Florida said it is sending more than a dozen local volunteers and several emergency response vehicles to support relief efforts. Janice Moran is regional program manager for the Central Florida region of the Red Cross, which includes the I-4 corridor. The Central Florida Red Cross is currently verifying the availability of local disaster volunteers as well as reserving our, our emergency response vehicles to support the hurricane relief effort. The Red Cross is looking for donations to help with Harvey relief. If you want to donate, you can call 1-800-RED-CROSS or text HARVEY to 90999. The news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A bug problem is to blame for moving a high school football game at Satellite High School in Satellite Beach. Friday's game against Ogalley High School was moved to Melbourne High after officials said mole crickets ruined the field. A pest control expert said the field situation was the worst case he'd ever seen. The school district says they're rolling out dirt to eventually grow new grass. For now, all games will be played at Melbourne. Negotiations are set to begin today between Walt Disney World and the Service Trade Council Union, which represents nearly 40,000 cast members. The meeting is to discuss potential raises. Union representatives want to raise workers' starting pay to a, quote, living wage, which they define as $15 an hour. Union reps say at the current rate, cast members wouldn't reach that wage for more than 10 years. Disney says it will present a proposal today that is fair for all of its employees. Former Maricopa County, Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio is set to hold a news conference today to talk about his presidential pardon. President Donald Trump pardoned Arpaio Friday. The former sheriff was convicted last month of criminal contempt for disobeying a federal judge's order in a racial profiling case involving Latinos. A Central Florida teen is thankful to be alive after a massive oak tree fell onto his home. The 14-year-old says he was trapped under the tree for about 15 minutes after it fell on the back room of his Orlando house. Kyler Martin says he saw the roof start to cave in and ducked into a nearby closet. Firefighters were able to get him out. The family was allowed back inside once it was deemed safe. WFLA News Time 634. I'm Tom Alexander, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thank you, Tom. Tom Alexander, if you're just joining us, we'll be in for Deborah Roberts doing the news all week as the Deb Meister enjoys a well-deserved vacation, as she was telling me herself on Friday. And speaking of vacations, Gina Cervetti's on one, so handling the Bloomberg Business Report live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City is our good friend Joan Doniger. Welcome back to Good Morning Orlando. How you doing up there, Joan? 
Oh, doing pretty well, bud. Definitely doing pretty well. And you guys, I, I assume, are safe from the storm. Well, we are, indeed. Gulf. But our hearts and our focus all on Texas. I know that's true. You folks in Bloomberg are, are taking a look. What is the Bloomberg take on what's going on um, uh, in the rem- uh, with the remnants of Harvey that just continue to make it rain seemingly forever? Oh, isn't it awful? Well, by the the effects of Harvey will be so far-reaching, the Federal Emergency Management Agency says it might have to remain in the Houston area for years. One disaster modeler is estimating that Harvey's costs could hit something like $24 billion when it's mm. all over, making it the fourth most expensive storm ever. Katrina, by some estimates, inflicted about $160 billion in economic damage. But this is just the early ballpark figures. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning what's going on here. And then, of course, we have the um, uh, the angle of all the refineries being shut down there, oh. and that's a lot of the capacity, you know, to drill for oil and to and to create gasoline, et cetera. They pulled everybody off the rigs. They're still talking about gas prices jumping up everywhere, including here in Florida, right, and pretty quickly. Absolutely. Very quickly and all over the country, because this has shut down about a fifth of the refining capacity right now, uh, not to mention just the uh, not to mention the exploring. And, you know, then there's also the effects on other industries as well. Uh, airlines, retail, farming, soybeans and corn, for instance, the nation's two largest crops. Well, Harvey's got them. The region handles about 60 percent of soybean exports and nearly that amount of corn exports. Texas is the nation's largest cotton producer. Farmers have been storing excess supplies on their fields. Airlines have had to scrub thousands of flights. Retail stores, restaurants are taking a hit, not just in terms of lost business, but also lost merchandise. So this one is going to reach for quite a long time. There's no question about it. You know, the Uber ride service is also on uh, Bloomberg's um, uh, radar here this morning with the Bloomberg Business Report. Apparently they're going to have a new CEO, right, Joan? That's right. The next leg of its journey following lawsuits against Uber alleging corporate spying, price manipulation, sexual harassment, and an F rating by the Better Business Bureau. The company's board ousted its uh, founder, Travis Kalanick. It's now apparently tapped a new boss. Dara Khosrowshahi is the head of Expedia, and he gets the nod after a lot of speculation that had named uh, former GE boss Jeffrey Immelt and HP head Meg Whitman as possible heads. They were apparently finalists, but did not get the job. And very interesting. We'll follow the Uber situation as it unfolds. And before you go, uh, Bloomberg reporting on another bricks-and-mortar Retail victim of the undeniable trend of Americans toward buying things online, Amazon, etc. What's the story on perfume mania this morning, uh, Joan? That is actually the story, bud, and that is the reason why Perfumania, which is based in Sunrise over near Fort Lauderdale, uh, has filed for Chapter 11. Most, it's a mostly mall-based retailer, and now it says it'll close its, some of its stores and boost its e-commerce business and become a privately held company. Joan Doniger in for Gina Cervetti with the Daily Bloomberg Business Report. Are you going to be with us all week long, Joan? All week. We'll be looking forward to it. There's always room for you right here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thank you so <laughs> much. I'm looking forward to it, too. Have a great day in the Big Apple. We'll catch you tomorrow morning, same time, Joan. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Looking ahead here, the Arpaio pardon. My take and your calls. Did Trump do the right thing or the wrong thing? 407 916 5400 text line 23680 as we roll on for the front gate realty studio visit laurahasthebuyers.com we'll have that in orlando's news weather and traffic updated for you in two minutes on news radio 1025 wfla generally speaking 
I rejoiced at the pardon by President Trump of Sheriff Joe Opio of Maricopa County. That's Phoenix, Arizona, and surrounding areas, okay? I, I like Joe. I've watched him for years. I had him on our old afternoon show. We can't get him in the morning. He'd have to get up in the middle of the night, but he was great. He would come on my afternoon show here on WFLA, and he was terrific because he was enforcing the nation's immigration laws when Obama refused to. He was cherry-picking the laws and not enforcing the laws against illegal immigration. And Sheriff Joe Apio swore, you know, to, 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 to do his duty on behalf of the people within his jurisdiction, and he was tough as nails following it all the way through. Now he's 85 years of age. He has been pardoned. He faced a jail sentence of six months, maybe a year, after being convicted just by a judge, not a jury, of criminal contempt related to his hardline tactics going after illegal aliens. Um, he was convicted by this judge in July of criminal contempt, charged with violating a court order that attempted to prevent suspected illegal immigrants from being targeted by the sheriff's traffic patrols. The sheriff acknowledged continuing the patrols, but he says, I'm not targeting I'm just trying to find the lawbreakers. So a bunch of them happen to be Hispanics. It doesn't mean I'm biased against Hispanics. The guys hired more Hispanics and put them in high positions in law enforcement in Arizona than anybody else in the history of the state. For God's sakes, he's got a couple of grandkids of Hispanic descent. You think he's biased against Hispanics? It's outrageous. Well, the whole thing arose out of a lawsuit wrongfully accusing the sheriff, of violating the rights of Hispanics, allegedly using racial profiling tactics to identify people for traffic stops and detaining convicts based only on the suspicion that they were illegal immigrants. Arpaio has denied all wrongdoing. And so it was Friday night, and uh, the Democrats are all saying he used the cover, President Trump, of then Cat 4, Hurricane Harvey, bearing down on the Texas coast to, to make the classic Friday dump because he knew it would be controversial, and issue the pardon. And here's what the um, president said in a brief statement. Throughout his time as sheriff, Arpaio continued his life's work of protecting the public from the scourges of crime and illegal immigration. Sheriff Arpaio, now 85 years old, and after more than 50 years of admirable service to our nation, he is a worthy candidate for a presidential pardon. That was a tweet from the president. That's how the pardon got announced, and tweeting back, the sheriff, thank you, real Donald Trump, for seeing my conviction for what it is, a political witch hunt by holdovers in the Obama Justice Department. Here's more from Ohio on Friday night. Well, it's great. Uh, I love that president. Uh, he supports law enforcement. And I'm very humble. If you recall, two uh, years ago, I supported him, and I said publicly recently, pardon or no pardon, I will be with him to the end. And uh, Joe Apio apparently is going to hold a news conference today and really get into all that went on down here, okay? And um, and we'll be following it. I'm sure we'll be talking about it tomorrow. I'm a little bit conflicted. I really like Joe Apio, and I like what he was doing. I think he was doing the right thing in Arizona. I really do. I don't think he's into racial profiling. I just think he had a huge problem with Hispanic illegal immigration. And it's illegal immigration. Illegal immigration. Mainstream media. ATM machine, anti-Trump media machine. I'm a little conflicted because I, I know the president's all about enforcing the rule of law. He said it. Make me president, we're going to do it. 
Well, the fact of the matter is the sheriff was in violation of a court order. Okay? So that's kind of a problem. I happen to believe, and I think the president does too, that there was a witch hunt here, that he was wrongfully convicted. On balance, I'm okay with a pardon, and the president undeniably has the constitutional power to do it. Even his enemies aren't contesting that. Also, he didn't go through, the president didn't go through, the long process that normally leads to a pardon. You know, and a pardon is usually somebody has been convicted, sentenced, and incarcerated. And then they get freed by a presidential pardon. Okay, that's usually the way this goes. He didn't go through the traditional Justice Department procedures. He didn't really ask Sessions, the attorney general, about this at the end. Earlier on, he said in the middle of the trial, he said, this is outrageous. Can I just pardon him now? And Sessions said, no, that would not be appropriate. But it's reported that the president did not check with his attorney general on Friday before he pulled the switch on the constitutional right that he has to pardon anybody for any reason, basically. Um, So I have somewhat mixed feelings, but I'm a real Joe Arpaio guy, and I'm still on the Trump train, so I'm okay with this, although I have to kind of look the other way on the fact that he did violate a court order. Okay? Now that's where I am on Arpaio. What say you? Robert from Oviedo, you've been very, very patient with me. We have a lot to do here this morning with Harvey, et cetera. You can understand that. I will make you first in line on the 50,000-watt front porch, but I would like to know where you are on Trump's pardon of Sheriff Joe Opio. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. We roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio. You're next. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So your take after you've heard mine on Trump's pardon of Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Robert, you've been on the line a long time. I admire your patience. I appreciate it, too. Good morning from Oviedo, Robert. Bud, man, you're worth the wait. You guys got a great show. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Sheriff Joe, and there's a great guy. I've heard convicted inmates that serve their sentences interviewed and disliked this guy. He made him come in wear pink jumpsuits, farm the fields to cut the cost to the taxpayer of imprisoning them, live in army tents. And then when they raised heck about not having TV, he goes, okay, I'll give you TV. What, Cartoon Network and the Weather Channel? (laughs) Forgot about that one. And then then he'd shake their hands on their last day and say, you know what, I hope I'd never see you again. And, and I'll tell you what, they had respect for the guy, and a lot. Of, I, I bet his stats. I love to see his stats on on uh, people that re, you know, um, get recidivism law again and go back. Because I'm yeah. telling you, the guy's well liked. He's, he's yeah. so many years in, and I, I think it's a lot of politicking. This this crap. I mean, when you have crime statistics, he's there to protect the people. And if statistics are showing a certain group is perpetrators, that's who you go after, period. Good take, Robert, and thank you much for it. Judy's on the line out of Mount Dora on the president's pardon of Joe Opio, the sheriff, the toughest sheriff in America. Should he have pardoned him or not, Judy? He should absolutely be pardoned. This is, this is the most insane situation I've seen. We have Eric Holder with Fast and Furious supplying the drug cartels with all these arms. 
and all the corruption, what Obama did and Eric Holder and these drug cartels cutting off people's heads, putting them on stakes on the border of Mexico, absolutely he should be pardoned. He was doing everything he should have done. This is, this is insanity. Thank you. Good call from you. Let's get into the control room. Yaffe, where are you on the pardon and what's coming in on that text line? I mean, it would be hard for Trump not to pardon him because he's he's so against illegal immigration. So, I mean, you you have to pardon Sheriff Opiro in that situation. It seems like from everything I'm reading from the court cases, they just tried to paint the sheriff as a racist. Seems like that was the yeah. biggest. Oh, that was, absolutely. That was all part of it, which wasn't what he was doing. Um, according, uh, looking at the text line, one person says the president has the right to reverse lawless judges. Another person says there is no reason to uphold the law when it's imposed unfairly by liberal leftist Obama holdovers. Donald Trump was 100 percent right. And a lot of people are agreeing with Trump's decision. Let's go into the phone lines again and check on Al in Orlando. Al, I got 30 seconds for you. Good morning and welcome aboard. Hey there, everybody. Um, my thought on this thing is when you compare what all the other uh, presidents have done and make it part to pardon a guy because he didn't follow a court order is rather small, <laughs> I think, on the list of things that people get pardoned for. So I'm thinking... He's got a great case here in what he did. Well, we'll hear from the sheriff today. Al, nice to hear from you. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour on a Monday. We're glad you've joined us just in time for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning thousands evacuating the Houston area because of flooding. And John Kasich says he's not running for president in 2020. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And right after Tom brings us the news, we're going to get a live update on Harvey from one of our fine AccuWeather meteorologists at about 10 minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. 702 now on News Radio 1025. More than 50,000 people are leaving their homes because of evacuation orders in Fort Bend County, Texas. That's about 35 miles southwest of Houston. The Brazos River there is expected to crest at a record high of 59 feet this week. President Donald Trump plans to visit the Houston area tomorrow to survey the damage. Meantime, Florida Governor Rick Scott is deploying state resources to help relief efforts in Texas. That includes 25 fish and wildlife officers and 17 vehicles designed for use in high water and other vessels. Here in central Florida, Mayors Buddy Dyer of Orlando and Teresa Jacobs of Orange County say that local firefighters are heading to the Houston area along with Red Cross volunteers who will be handing out food. Duke Energy is sending 100 workers to help restore power. We'll have a live report with more of the latest on Harvey coming up in just a few minutes. Boy, it's great to see Florida being so proactive in that regard at all levels. And we're seeing that in a lot of states all the way across the country, reaching out to Texas. And now we have the president headed there tomorrow. In a moment, we're going to find out just how long this flooding nightmare is going to continue with an AccuWeather meteorologist who's been taking a look at the very latest on Harvey. It's coming up right after you, Tom. That's right. And the news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Ohio Governor John Kasich says he's not planning a presidential run with Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper. Kasich is a Republican and Hickenlooper is a Democrat. The two have been working closely on a plan to reform health care in the U.S., Kasich told NBC's Meet the Press cynics may feel both governors want something because they work together. He says they're just trying to help people. And as far as a unity ticket, Kasich says, quote, no. 
Yeah, he tried to laugh it off, but it's a long time between now and 2020. Absolutely. As, as we know in presidential politics, anything can happen, right, Tom? Definitely. <laughs> if 2016 taught us anything, it's that anything can happen. Exactly. President Donald Trump has plans to lift a ban on extra military gear being distributed to local police forces. USA Today obtained documents that detail the new plan. Former President Barack Obama issued the ban in an executive order meant to reduce the tension between communities and law enforcement. It blocked armored vehicles, large-caliber weapons, ammunition, and other military-grade equipment from entering America's streets in the event of a riot. A Lake Wales man has been sentenced to 30 years behind bars for attempted murder. Polk County Sheriff's deputies say 74-year-old John D. Cesar was convicted for firing three shots into a truck he thought was targeting him. The driver of that truck was not hurt when D. Cesar fired the shots back in 2014. The victim says D. Cesar pulled up from behind him in his Corvette, started shooting, and then drove off. De Cesar claims he thought it was the same truck that had been tormenting him. Finally, four people have been arrested after a strange robbery in Madison County. Investigators say a man dressed in drag held up a teller in a Wells Fargo bank in downtown Madison Friday. A man at the next window pulled a gun, chased the suspect, and fired a shot, but missed. Deputies later found the suspects at a truck stop on I-10. WFLA News Time 705 Houston's mayor doesn't regret not evacuating the city. Get the details right now at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Rolling to hour number two now from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. That's the voice of Tom Alexander, who's in for Deborah Roberts, who will be uh, on vacation all the rest of the week. You know, I don't think you were here. I think you were working in the newsroom earlier when Yaffe and I got into a conversation about the controversy as to whether or not Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner did the right thing or the wrong thing when he did not order mandatory evacuations. I think, based on what we know today, Tom, I would have done the same thing because it's an enormous city, fourth largest, 2.3 million, 6.5 in the metro area. Trying to get everybody out of there, it turned into a nightmare when they tried to evacuate uh, in the face of Hurricane Rita in 2005, and people died, well over 100 of them, just trying to get out of town and getting stuck on the roads and gridlocked for, for days. It was awful. Yeah, I agree. You can't put millions of people on the roads all at the same time. It may feel like there's millions of people on I-4 every afternoon at rush hour, but that's nowhere near that number. So imagine gridlock here in Central Florida, magnified times 100. Nobody goes anywhere. Yeah, I, and it's an awful situation, and uh, he's taken a lot of heat. Uh, the mayor is uh, across party lines on this. But I note, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, only a couple of deaths that might not even be directly involved uh, or related to the storm so far in Houston, which is extraordinary when you realize what a calamity this is. Maybe sheltering in place was the best of a whole raft of very, very poor, difficult choices. You know, that's why we elect our leaders is to make the choices like that. We don't have the information they have, and it's easy in hindsight to say, well, you should have done this, you should have done that. But we have only reports of a few deaths so far. Right. So maybe he did make the right well, decision. Well, we hope and pray it doesn't get worse in that regard, but the weather's destined to get worse. Yaffe, a lot of um, uh, political careers have risen and fallen on how well uh, uh, officials uh, respond to natural disasters, all the way from the level of mayor all the way up to president. And uh, th- this is this is an important event for President Trump politically, without question. Yeah, it seems like he's on top of it. But I mean, there's only so much he can do at this point, to be perfectly honest with you. 
he can talk with FEMA and talk with the Department of Homeland Security and try to be on top of it, but it's really up to the local officials and leaders in Texas to be able to do anything about it. Yep, and now we're going to find out what Mother Nature has in store. We have the latest uh, on Harvey with our AccuWeather meteorologist joining us live in just a moment. You'll want to hear that. We're also waiting uh, in Texas for a briefing on Harvey and the rescue efforts from the Department of Homeland Security. Tom will be back in for Deb with news at top and bottom of the hour throughout the show and uh, whenever news breaks as well. So we'll get to our live AccuWeather report on this storm and this endless rain in Texas in a moment. And, of course, I'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You can always count on us for the best in weather coverage, local, national, you name it, from the matchless team of meteorologists at AccuWeather and one of the best in the business, AccuWeather meteorologist Brian Thompson, joining us right now on Good Morning Orlando. Brian, thank you for coming on the show here this morning. I know you've been looking constantly at the latest with the remnants of Hurricane Harvey. What is the latest this morning, Brian? Well, Harvey's uh, currently a tropical storm. Uh, wind's still around 40 miles per hour. But, uh, of course, the big news uh, and uh, the big problems with Harvey over the weekend were the heavy bands of rain that set up over the Houston area. And uh, just we were seeing not just the amount of rain, but just the incredible rainfall rates. That's what was really causing the problems, uh, especially Saturday night into very early yesterday. Some places we're seeing four, five, six inches of rain in an hour, mm. and uh, that is uh, that's just going to overwhelm basically any any system you have to prevent flooding. And then uh, throw on top of that the fact that there was about 15 to as much as 30 inches of rain in the Houston area over the weekend. Uh, that's what's causing so uh, so much of the flooding uh, out there today. Now you're the professional. I'm just the amateur, and a lot of the folks who are listening, you know, they watch the maps and everything, and they think they can understand what's going on. It looks like. All the activity is way to the right or way to the east of the center of the storm and that the center is sliding back down and may wind up out over the open waters of the very warm Gulf. Is that going to fuel this thing up again and make it even worse? Uh, it it uh, may try to re-strengthen a little bit. Uh, we don't anticipate it's going to strengthen much. As you said, it, it's kind of uh, more tilted toward the right now. This tends to happen when the storms weaken and uh, tend to try, try to move off to the north a little bit. Uh, this, this happens a lot when the storms move to the north. We see them become a, a more of a comma shape uh, to them, kind of more like a mid-latitude storm. And that's kind of how it looks right now. I, I just don't think it has the organizational structure when it gets back over water that's going to really ramp up. I think it will help uh, perhaps uh, allow it to organize a little better. And it looks like it is going to try to come in. If it does move out over the Gulf, the center of the storm, that is, uh, looks like it is going to try to come in around Houston on Wednesday. That may help enhance the rainfall a bit. Uh, as we get toward the middle of the week. But the problem, the, the center of the storm was well to the west of uh, Houston over the weekend. It was mm-hmm. just this constant flow out of the Gulf, out of the south, on the eastern side of the storm. And these uh, bands of thunderstorms had set up and just dropped incredible amounts of rain. Well, Brian, before you go, take us through AccuWeather's latest thinking on this nightmare day by day. What does today hold? How about Tuesday? How about Wednesday? Thursday. When does this thing get out of there, and where does it go after it leaves Texas? Well, it looks like it's finally going to start to uh, get picked up by some steering flow later in the week. The problem is there's just nothing to steer it right now. It is drifting 
southeast toward, toward the coast. Uh, we are anticipating uh, more rounds of heavy rain in the Houston area. They have had uh, some breaks in the activity overnight. Most of the activity, at least the heaviest rain, is pushed eastward uh, toward Beaumont and toward the uh, Louisiana border. Uh, but we are uh, going to see this uh, probably emerge over the open waters of the Atlantic even later today, or of, of the Gulf of Mexico, I should say, uh, later today into tonight. And then, again, it's probably just going to kind of uh, start to drift northeastward and wind up very close to Houston or Galveston by uh, some point on Wednesday. Uh, that's when it's going to come back on shore again, probably as a weak tropical storm. Again, it may pick up a little bit of intensity as it, uh, as it approaches, but it doesn't look like it's going to be anything like what it was when it made landfall the first time as Category 4. Uh, then once this starts to get picked up, which we expect to happen around Thursday or Friday, it's going to move more toward the north and east. It's going to take it on a track through uh, parts of Louisiana and eventually into Arkansas before it starts to weaken. Uh, so some of the moisture will get pulled up to the north and east. At this point, it doesn't look like there will be any, any impact on Florida. It looks like it will stay well off to the north and west. On a personal note, when you folks at AccuWeather aren't looking at the charts, okay, you mm-hmm. must have conversation among yourselves. Just when you think you've seen it all in terms of weather, you see something you've never seen before. From a personal standpoint and professional, I guess, as well, what are your thoughts on what's going on with this system? It, it's it's something we certainly haven't seen before, uh, and, and Houston is an area that sees a lot of uh, rain. Houston's a city that floods a lot, but uh, you see you just see a, a lot of people in the Houston area being interviewed saying that they, they've They've lived there for a long. They've lived to where they've lived for a long time, and, yeah. and it's never flooded before. Uh, and considering the fact that uh, Tropical Storm Allison back in 2001 was a uh, a very uh, somewhat similar situation, it was a, as a, a weaker storm. It was a tropical storm, but it sat over Houston for several days and right. uh, put down 20 inches or so of rain. And that was kind of the benchmark in a lot of places for the uh, uh, for flooding. And we've seen this just go so much past that. Uh, and just seeing how hard it was raining, and usually when you get storms that produce incredible weather like this, they they hit uh, an area and move on, right. and the sun's out, and everything's uh, fine again when you're starting to recover. But you could just see all day yesterday when people were getting rescued, it was still pouring rain, and uh, it's just something we don't see very often. No, it isn't. Is it possible that they're right? That overall there could be 50 inches of rain that comes down on parts of Houston? Is 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 that accurate? Yeah, it, it certainly is possible because uh, some parts of the Houston area picked up between 25 and 30 inches of rain already. It's not out of the question that some areas will pick up another 20, maybe more inches of rain. So uh, it, the hope is at least over the next few days, even though we're, we're still expecting over a foot of rain in a lot of areas, that it will come in a, a, a broader period of time. Uh, like I said, there were, there were areas that picked up six, seven, eight, nine inches of rain in the period of about two hours uh, at some point over the weekend, and that's just going to overwhelm the, uh, a lot of the uh, drainage systems they have. And it's, the problem with Houston is it's a pretty flat area. It's a right. very urban, urbanized area. There's not a lot of places for the water to go. A lot of the bayous just have no more uh, space, and they're already well yep. out of their banks. Uh, they're starting to release water from some of the reservoirs because they're full. Uh, so just uh, there really isn't any more room for the water to go. No, no and question about it. We have plenty more to come. You've done a great job. I, I, I'm I'm going to hang up right now, and I'm going to move on into a break. I, I my producer Yaffe, Mike Yaffe, would like to talk with you off air about trying to get you on a little bit later in the week. Brian Thompson, our AccuWeather meteorologist, thank you for coming on. Good morning, Orlando. A lot of information. An awful lot of folks really needed to hear this morning, and I thank you for it. Yep. Have a good day. All right. Good deal. And there he goes. Now. Let me give you a little bit of perspective, even though I find this hard to even comprehend. It is now reported that more than 9 trillion gallons of rain has fallen 
on Houston and surrounding areas. And another 5 to 10 trillion gallons may fall before all of this ends late in the week. 9 trillion gallons of water. This is what they're dealing with down there. This is why the unprecedented level of flooding. Because as as I was discussing with Brian Thompson, our AccuWeather meteorologist, it's a huge metropolitan area that's about flat as a pancake in Houston. And it's just it's just concrete all over the place. And there's just no place for the water to go. The amount of rain that has fallen would fill Utah's enormous Great Salt Lake more than two times. The amount of rain that has fallen, the amount of water, it would take nine days straight for the Mississippi River to drain into Houston to equal the amount of water. And there's enough water that it would fill up the inside of 34,000 Empire State Buildings from basement all the way to the peak. And there's so much water that has fallen on Houston in just these past couple of days that it would cover the entire lower 48 states. Everywhere, every square inch of the lower 48 in the United States with about two-tenths of an inch of rain. Isn't that astounding to think of? Yaffe, it's hard to even get your arms around this. It really, really is. Yeah, and even when you look at the pictures and the video coming out of Houston, it's still hard to get your arms around of uh, how, how do you deal with a situation like that? Yep. It's just it's a monumental task that they have ahead of them. It really is. Yep, and we'll stay on top of it from all angles. Um, Florida Congressman Debbie Wasserman Schultz accused in a class action lawsuit of rigging the 2016 Democratic primary in favor of Hillary Clinton and against Bernie Sanders has gotten clear to fraud in a Miami federal courtroom, but not before confirming what was already widely suspected, that the Democrat National Committee that she headed did indeed rig the primary, filtering all kinds of resources to Hillary, denying them to Bernie. It's amazing. Now, the judge dismissed the suit brought by the plaintiffs but the DNC's attorneys never even bothered refuting the lawsuit's claim that the primary process was biased against Sanders, as he always claimed. I'm no fan of Bernie Sanders, but it's outrageous what they did to tilt the tables in Hillary's direction. Debbie needs to wind up on the other side of the prison bars somewhere along the way. She's got another thing going we've talked about as well. But at any rate, we continue. Morning, Orlando. It is in time for a bottom of the hour update. In for Deborah Roberts, who's on vacation. Uh, Tom Alexander about to give us some perspective on just what kind of damage we're looking at from Harvey. Take it away, Tom. That's right, bud. The flood damage from Hurricane Harvey could be as expensive as the devastation from Hurricane Katrina 12 years ago. The Insurance Information Institute said Sunday that damage across southeast Texas could match the $15 billion in damage Katrina did to Louisiana and Mississippi. In 2005, Harvey has poured more than two feet of rain on the Houston area since sweeping ashore Friday. Forecasters expect Harvey to dump two more feet of water as it hovers over the area for the next several days. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Tallahassee's first ever Fat Cat Cafe is now open. What? (laughs) What is this? (laughs) It's a a restaurant. It has the usual cafe items on the menu. It's in Tallahassee. But for an extra $7 an hour, 
You can go into the cat room and cuddle with kittens. Oh, okay. I thought it was like for politicians only. The Fat Cat Cafe. <laughs> We're talking real cats. Real cats. Right. Yes, real cats. Uh, they only allow 10 people in the room at a time, so reservations are recommended. I think I have serious reservations about this whole operation, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just but, glad. But hates cats. <laughs> no, I don't hate cats. I'm not a big cat fan because you don't get enough feedback from cats. They don't, they don't, they don't seem to give a rip. Most cats. Most cats. Once in a while, you'll get a cat that's... Yeah, Yaffe tells me Spiro's different. He's got this It's cat all about spirit. how you raise the cat. <laughs> really? Is that it? Yes. Okay. All right. Anyway, we digress. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but if you had a, litter, a winning lottery ticket, you'd guard it with your life, wouldn't you? Oh, if I, had a, if I knew it was a winner? Yeah, if you knew yeah, it was a winner? Absolutely. Well, uh, two Maryland brothers almost threw theirs in the trash. They bought a batch of scratch-off games, and they were about to throw them all away when one of them finally realized that one ticket was a $100,000 winner. Whoa, man. Woo! So they scrambled and they got it, right? They managed to get it. Yeah, they managed to keep it. Uh, They said they'll share the money to pay some bills and increase their savings accounts. Now get this. The Maryland Lottery says thousands of winning tickets, including seven of those $100,000 tickets, still unclaimed. It's amazing. I think that's probably true here in Florida and statewide lotteries all around the country. Mm -hmm. People just never think they're going to be the winner, even though they keep on buying, you know. But then, you know, sometimes they they just don't bother to look. They get discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Somebody's got to win. Yeah. I would dig through an entire landfill (laughs) to find a ticket like that. For (laughs) $100,000? Yeah, I I would too, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And a, a federal judge has thrown out a lawsuit settlement claiming Subway footlong subs aren't actually a foot long. Oh, I remember this thing. Somebody was measuring them and saying, I don't know, it's like 11 and a half inches or something. Exactly, exactly. It was a class action suit that claimed uh, the subs were only 11 inches long instead of a foot. Um, Subway argued that, you know, regardless of how long the bread is, everyone gets the same amount of toppings and you can get extra for free. And they also promised they'd make sure the foot longs were actually a foot long in the future. So there was a $535,000 settlement in this class action and a, a appeals judge in Chicago threw it out. He said the lawsuit is utterly worthless. There you go. Uh, good, <laughs> I think. <laughs> All right. I never put a ruler to a to a to a subway sub. I, you wouldn't think to. Would to me, you? it's not like I mean, close enough. You know. Yeah, like uh. clo- close enough's okay. And I mean, I don't necessarily carry a ruler with me when I go out for lunch. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll catch you. With- more news, Tom, at the top of the hour uh, and whenever it breaks. In for Deborah Roberts, Tom Alexander, all week long. Ready to go with a daily playing of the Sound Judgment game. And today's winner is going to win a very nice prize. Yaffe, tell us about it. Yes, but they can win a one-night stay at any Red Roof Inn or Red Roof Inn Plus of your choice anywhere in the country. Go to redroof.com to book your stay. All right, here we go. Now, if somebody gets a wrong answer, we'll open up a line. Everything's busy right now, as always. People love the game, and they love our prizes. 407-916-5400. Be ready to jump and get right in there uh, if somebody goes down with a wrong answer and we open up the line for you. So as the flooding disaster in the wake of Hurricane Harvey continues to unfold in East Texas, the mayor of that city is defending a controversial decision he made before the storm hit. Listen to some sound from the mayor on Sunday, then use your sound judgment to tell me what decision the mayor of Houston's talking about. The decision that we made was a smart one. It was in the best in the best interest of Houstonians. What is that decision the mayor made in Houston? Line one, go ahead. 
Nope. People are bailing off the 50,000-watt front porch. Is the water rising, Yaffe? What's going on here? 407-916-5400. If you've been watching the coverage over the weekend, you will know the answer to this question. Line three, go ahead. Uh, State of emergency? No. No, that's not it. And we've talked about it a lot this morning, okay? 407-916-5400. Yaffe, play that seven-second cut from Sylvester Turner, the mayor of Houston. The decision that we made was a smart one. It was in the best, in best interest of Houstonians. What decision is that that he made? He's getting hammered by, by, uh, from this decision, even though I'm on his side. Line two, go ahead, line two. Uh, not to evacuate. Yes, not to evacuate the city of Houston. It'd be a worse nightmare trying to get millions of people out of town. You need to stay where you are, and we'll do the best we can to rescue you as needed. Absolutely right. Congratulations. You've won the free hotel stay on us. What do you think? Ooh, that's wonderful. That's great. Thank it, you. It is good stuff, and we're yeah. very glad that you're with us, and uh, you're up on what's going on, and it's paid dividends for you this morning. I'm going to put you um, on hold in a moment. You and Yaffe can talk it over. We'll make sure we get you that uh, hotel stay and make the connection, but I'd like to include a note of congratulations to you, and if you'll give me your first name, I'll do that. Okay, it's Barbara, and thank you, bud. And where are you calling in from this morning, Barbara? Oh, from Oviedo. From Oviedo. Yeah, out in my neck of the woods out there. Okay. Barbara, let me see. I'm just writing B-A-R-B. Might as well do this right now. There we go. And that'll be on its way to you. And thank you for being a member of our uh, audience here on Good Morning Orlando on the 50,000-watt front porch. We appreciate it. And congratulations to you, Barb. Thanks. There you go. Don't go away. You and Yaffe are going to have a nice conversation. Yep. The mayor said, nope, we're not going to have a mandatory evacuation. I told you earlier on the show, and we can debate this during Open Mind Monday when it's your show from 8 until 9. Um, He said we had a nightmare when we tried to evacuate with Hurricane Rita in 2005. And all kinds of people just died on the highway. Either drowned, ran out of gas, they died from the heat in their cars, nobody could get to them. We're not doing this again. The last I saw, we just had a couple of deaths in America's fourth largest city. Now, if that holds, there isn't any question he will have made the right decision. So there we go. And that's our sound judgment game. The relentless rain continues in parts of southeast Texas. A lot of the focus has been on the fourth largest city in America, Houston, and they didn't have a mandatory evacuation there. Um, they've got the, the Lone Star Navy, as it's being called, folks, just with their own boats floating down what used to be one city street after another. They're all now canals and rivers plucking people um, off of rooftops, and on and on it goes with no quick end in sight. If your heart goes out to the folks in Texas in the wake of this unprecedented weather event, just as ours do, here's how you can reach out, help, and donate. Are you ready? Three ways. Online, go to redcross.org, redcross.org. On the phone, call 1-800-RED-CROSS, 1-800-RED-CROSS. Text Harvey, text Harvey to 90999, text Harvey to 90999. 
888-900-9899. And we hope the not only smartest but biggest hearted audience in talk radio will come through for our neighbors in Texas. Um, we can talk about the controversial decision by the mayor there not to order a mandatory evacuation of the city, which, uh, which I wholeheartedly support. And in our next hour, we can talk in Open Mind Monday whether or not you agree with that or whether you think they should have ordered everybody else out of Houston. Okay? Also, the president has pardoned Joe Arpaio, the toughest sheriff in America. He was heading to prison. Now he's not. I support that pardon. So does Yaffe. We can get your take on it. I'd love to have it. We'll be um, opening up the phones and the text line for Open Mind Monday in our 8 o'clock hour, right after we connect with our News Radio 1025 national correspondent Joe Gomez in Washington on President Trump's planned trip to the flood area of Texas tomorrow and also what's going on with FEMA and federal aid. How is all of that working? This is the first big natural disaster that uh, the president has had to deal with in his administration. And, uh, it, you know, a presidency can rise and fall on the performance in a case like this. And we'll get a handle from Joe Gomez, who really knows what's going on in the White House and in um, the nation's capital. So he's coming up, followed by your take on whatever's on your mind on Open Mind Monday. Now, um, right after Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts, brings us the news at the top of the hour, be listening for the texting contest and the key word of the day. Get it, text it, and you can win an incredible prize. An all-expense-paid trip to Las Vegas on us in late September for the incredible iHeart Music Festival. So be ready for the keyword. It is coming up. One more hour to go here. Live report from Washington on the president's planned trip tomorrow and federal aid for the flood victims in Texas. How that's going, followed by your take on any topic for the balance of the hour on Open Mind Monday. If you want to get in early and you got something to say, you can be on the 50,000-watt front porch. Get there now by calling 407-916-5400 and hit the text line at 23680. Tom in for Deb with more on the latest on Harvey's aftermath and two former Florida congressmen trying to solve gridlock in Washington. All ahead and good morning Orlando at 7.58. Good morning Orlando. Glad you're with us here on a Monday morning at the top of the 8 o'clock hour for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Aid pours into Texas to help with the aftermath of Harvey. And two former Florida congressmen try to solve the gridlock in Washington. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And did the mayor of Houston make the right or the wrong call on no mandatory evacuation in the face of Harvey? Your take next on Good Morning Orlando and Open Mind Monday. 802 now on News Radio 1025. Aid from across the country, including Florida, is heading to Houston, Texas to deal with the damage and flooding from Harvey. Florida Governor Rick Scott sent more than two dozen fish and wildlife officers, as well as equipment and other resources there. Firefighters and Red Cross volunteers from right here in central Florida are also headed to Texas to help. At least two deaths are blamed on the epic storm. Meantime, President Donald Trump is getting ready to visit the Houston area tomorrow to survey the damage. We'll have a live report on the president's visit and the federal aid to Texas in just a few minutes. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
Two former members of Florida's House of Representatives delegation are holding meetings across the state about fixing the dysfunction on Capitol Hill. Former Tampa Bay Area Representative David Jolly, a Republican, teamed up with Treasure Coast Democrat Patrick Murphy for a series of debates last year when both ran for the U.S. Senate. Now they're getting back together for a statewide roadshow to talk about bipartisanship and breaking gridlock. Jolly says the nation is more divided now than ever. I would say the reason we're doing this right now is because I believe the American people and people across Florida are looking for Republicans and Democrats who can work together. Jolly and Murphy say they'll, quote, pull back the curtain and explain why Congress is dysfunctional and offer solutions. They've scheduled four events at Florida universities, saying they want to reach millennials with their message that both parties can work together. Students and staff at Lake Mary High School holding a moment of silence today for a student who died in a crash over the weekend. Investigators are trying to figure out what caused 17-year-old Brandon Ty's car to veer off I-4 and hit a tree Saturday. The car burst into flames after the crash. A nearby deputy tried to pull Ty out, but it was too late. Officials at Lake Mary High say grief counselors will be at the school for as long as they're needed. Florida schools are more than a million dollars richer after a weekend auction of unclaimed property. Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronis says almost 60,000 individual items went up for auction in Orlando Saturday, and every one of them sold. The item that brought in the most money? A pair of 17.6-carat diamond and platinum earrings that went for $75,000. The $1.1 million raised goes into the state's education fund to support Florida's public schools. And that morning cup of coffee might be keeping you from losing weight. A new Cornell University study says coffee can make you hungrier for sweets. Researchers say coffee reduces your perception of sweetness, and that can make it harder to stop wolfing down things like cookies, cake, pie, and candy. I can't give up the coffee here. I can't do this show half awake. Some say I can't do it fully awake. I gotta have the cup of joe. I know the feeling. I'm not human without my coffee in the morning. <laughs> I need it just to get to neutral. Yeah. But you drink it black, though, right? You drink oh, it just yeah, no yeah. sugar or anything. All those years working in yeah. TV newsrooms, you know, we left that stuff sitting there in the pot until it boiled <laughs> down and you could stand a spoon up in it, you know? That's yeah. right. You need rocket fuel. That's, that's a man's cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that's going to have too much of an effect on your weight then. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's, all, it's all the sugar and stuff yeah. probably makes it. But... Dr. Yaffe, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a house call from the executive producer in there. <laughs> WFLA News Time Now is 8.05. Read about how you can help Hurricane Harvey victims at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Tom, while you're uh, at it, before you head down the hall to the newsroom, why don't you tell us how folks can reach out to um, the victims of, uh, of Harvey? We have three ways where people can help this morning donate and get involved. That's right. The Red Cross is looking for donations. You can donate at redcross.org. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or you can text HARVEY to 90999.
Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. In for Deborah Roberts, who's going to enjoy a week of vacation here. Tom Alexander, veteran newsman, who will be bringing us the very latest top and bottom of the hour and whenever it breaks. Rolling into hour number three on the 50,000-watt front porch. We're coming to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Yaffe running the show in the control room, giving medical advice to the bud man. I mean, he is like the most full-service executive producer you can even imagine. Ready to go with Open Mind Monday, Mike? Yes, I am ready for people's calls and texts. Well, listen, 407-916-5400 is our number. Get in early because the lines are filling up. And our text line, never a busy signal, 23680. This is very interesting because earlier I was saying I support the mayor of Houston, who's really taken a lot of heat for not ordering a mandatory evacuation of the fourth largest city in America, Houston, Texas, in the face of this storm. They tried this with a storm more than a decade ago, and it turned into a fiasco. Annette, I don't want you to go away. You're going to have to be a little patient because we got a live report from Washington on the president's impending trip down to the flood zone. Uh, But Annette from Orlando says that uh, she agrees with not ordering the evacuation. She was in Houston during Hurricane Rita when they tried to evacuate that massive city back in 2005. That'll be our first call. I've got Room for you on the 50,000-watt front porch. It's your show till 9 o'clock. Any topic, the pardon by the president of Sheriff Joe Arpaio, which Yaffe and I both support, but a lot of folks across party lines do not. We can talk about that. The Conan McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight over the uh, over the weekend, which I thought was amazing. The pay-per-view thing turned into a bit of a fiasco. 407-916-5400 if you want to talk about any of these things or just take off on your own. We'll be uh, into that right after we bring you an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic and have a live report on the president's uh, trip to uh, Texas tomorrow. And we'll get to our national correspondent in Washington on that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Great, great calls on the screen here for Open Mind Monday, and we'll check the text line as well. Stay tuned on this. We're delaying it only one segment so we can get with our News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Joe Gomez in Washington, D.C., among other things, on the very latest on President Trump's planned trip down to the uh, flood-ravaged areas of eastern Texas tomorrow. Joe, welcome back, as always, to Good Morning Orlando. Well, good morning, but thanks for having me. Now, what can you tell us about the president's planned trip? Well, I think it's still very fluid right now. It's uh, Tropical Storm Harvey that's uh, still parked uh, over Houston. Uh, Forecasters are saying it could uh, basically uh, ricochet uh, out of the Gulf and then come back into Houston, boomerang back Mm -hmm. into Houston. So I think there's a fear that that there could be a a tremendous amount more rainfall uh, perhaps tomorrow or in the coming days. And if that's the case, then uh, President Trump may not be able to uh, make it down to Houston necessarily by tomorrow, uh, but perhaps he could go to uh, Texas. I mean, I know that FEMA, for instance, they have their uh, regional headquarters out of northern Texas. So, you know, maybe that's an area where President Trump stops by. But, but, I, but I do believe there's probably this feeling uh, from the people of Houston, Harris County, or South Texas, that they want to see the president in their region, really, to kind of to kind of lift morale and kind of boost their spirits. Which, you know, this president gets critiqued for a lot, but that's that's one thing I think that Trump, uh, you know, can do. 
uh, that, that he gets a lot of credit for is being able to really, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, whip people together. Yeah, well, and of course, I, I have to imagine up in Washington, D.C., that it's pretty obvious that there's a certain amount of pressure on the Trump White House here. They know they have to get this right. And uh, not only in terms of the president's response, uh, but also in terms of the federal response with FEMA aid, et cetera. Do you have any kind of a read on how well the feds are handling things? You know, you look back on what happened with FEMA and Bush 43 during Katrina, and you realize uh, how important it is that we get this right from the federal level. Oh, sure. I mean, I think that uh, that it's not lost on the Trump administration that they don't want to have another kind of... Uh, they don't want to have a Katrina type of, ex- of experience. And I think that even Obama was very careful not to have uh, a slow response to a federal a natural disaster the way that the Bush administration did. And I think, you know, for, forever it'll be ingrained in future presidents' minds. You know, anytime there's a natural disaster, you do, do not want to have a Katrina-like moment. So, you know, for President Trump, he has been monitoring things from Camp David over the weekend. Um, he has been obviously very um, uh, communicative over Twitter about you know what he's seeing and how he's being very, very attentive to what's going on um, in the Houston area. And- yeah, he he says he says in his tweets that you know they got they got a great team in place and they're doing great work here. Um, do you get the sense that that's so? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that um, well, Brock Long, who is the director of FEMA, he was under it, while Hurricane Katrina was going on. Uh, well, he was actually in, in charge of the uh, of the actually of the of the hurricane, I guess, d- uh, department um, uh, uh, in forecasting within FEMA. So, I mean, he knew, well. He so anyway. So, so obviously, he's had a long learning curve. Clearly, so he's been through it. Right? He knows yeah. what not to do. And uh, and I, I get the impression that with President Trump, uh, he's he's been in uh, constant communication. Uh, with Mr. Long, Director Long, um, about, you know, how important this is to get it right. Absolutely it is. Always great talking with you. Our News Radio 1025 National Correspondent in Washington, Joe Gomez. Thanks for coming on, Joe. Thank you very much. Thanks, bud. All right, good deal. Before we really roll into a full bank of calls on Open Mind Monday, I want to bring this one on before I lose her. Annette from Orlando, I support the mayor of Houston, And uh, he said no mandatory evacuation. We tried that with a storm back in 2005 named Rita, and it was a disaster. You've got some personal experience to relate to us. And good morning, Annette. Hi, good morning. Hi there. Uh, Well, I was in uh, Houston for Rita, and my husband and I lived in in the southern part in Pearland. and, And I just can vividly remember how that day went, and I absolutely support his decision. The traffic was atrocious. I think over the course of of 12 or 13 hours, we made it maybe 15 miles. Um, Mm. Cars were running out of gas because there wasn't the infrastructure to get get these stations um, with appropriate gas. So the cars are running out of gas on the interstate, and then the lines are running from the gas stations to block traffic. And um, we even had, we were at a gas station trying to wait in line, probably two or 300 cars in line. And you can see the gas, you know, the 87's out, now the 89's out. And people, somebody pulled a gun and we heard gunfire. And, you know, wow. people just don't understand the, the you know, what, what the decision was and kind of the, the, you know, what went into it all. It was scary. And I, I absolutely think he was 100% right. 
that's really great perspective, and that thank you so much for sharing that. What a great kickoff for Open Mind Monday. Thanks for being a part of our show this morning. Uh-huh. Thank you. You bet. 407-916-5400. I got a caller who wants to know who's taking these statues down, rather who's paying for them, what happens during a government shutdown that could occur, and Christian organizations being called hate groups. What's on your mind this morning? This show is your show, Monday 8 to 9. It's Open Mind Monday. Weigh in at 407-916-5400. Get on our text line that Yaffe will be monitoring at 23680. Want to hear from you. Now, I get a break, and some would say you get a break. As I turn the show over to the smartest audience in talk radio, so it's not my take on anything, it is yours. And on the line all the way from Minnesota... Chuck, welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. What's on your mind, buddy? GMO, BHL. Hey, 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 that's what we got here. Go ahead. Uh, I want to talk. Last week, Debbie announced that Florida had the second most hate groups in America. And what has happened is the Southern Poverty Law Center has listed Christian groups. And Matt Staver from Liberty Council now is listed as a hate group. And people, uh, Amazon and Apple and Google, are giving millions of dollars to the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, The Family Research Council is a hate group. If you belong to a Christian church, if you're a Bible-believing church, you now are a hate group. So it isn't it isn't just the 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 anti-abortion groups that get that get um, uh, wrongly labeled as hate groups. Um, right. it, it, it's just I mean it, it's churches it's it's groups like the Liberty Council for goodness sakes. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Did you you know Matt Staver? Oh, very well, very well. It's outrageous. Maybe you should talk to him and ask him about it. Yeah, because this this did you know. On Tucker last week, there's an Orlando ministry, a missionary ministry, that is now suing the Southern Poverty Law Center because they're being labeled a hate group. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll investigate it further. Thanks to your research on this and very, very interesting call. Chuck, thanks all the way from the North Country in Minnesota. Um, Bob's got a question from Longwood. Welcome to Open Mind Monday, Bob. What's on your mind? Thank you, bud. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Roberts uh, said last week uh, 2,000 people die in Baltimore of drugs. Now, what I can't understand, they got $2 million uh, for federal fund of the fight terrorists, which Orlando never got a dime of that money, and not only that, that we lost 47 people that died in a terrorist attack. Okay. And yet this mayor over there in Baltimore, she, spent, uh, she went into the cemeteries and took down these statues. And do you think that that money, the federal government money, that she might have used to take that down? I don't know. I know. I, generally speaking, I know Buddy Dyer used taxpayer money here when he decided Johnny Reb had to go. It was like over $100,000 to get that statue out of the area of Lake Eola, where it had been for a century, and to take it over where nobody will see it in Greenwood Cemetery is more than hundred grand apparently. And that's yeah. taxpayer money. I, I kind of thought that's kind of the way they, they're, they're doing this, which is outrageous yeah. to me. Uh, 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 2,000 people died last year of, of drugs. Why don't they go after the drug dealers? Use some of that money instead of taking down statues. That ain't here nobody. I think that's the way it ought to be. Great, great point you raise, and I do appreciate it. We're going to check the text line here as we roll on through the hour on Open Mind Monday. 
We got a caller who wants to know what happens during a government shutdown. Another one who wants to know why Obama never investigated for failure of Obamacare website. But in the meantime, let's get up to date on the news at the bottom of the hour from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. For that, we will turn to Tom Alexander in this week for Deborah Roberts with the latest on Harvey's aftermath and how breast milk could help fight diseases. Good morning, Orlando at 829. Deborah Roberts on vacation, and uh, Tom uh, Alexander is uh, bringing us the news here in Good Morning Orlando. And for folks who were just joining us on the 50,000-watt front porch, how about an update on Harvey? Thanks, bud. Sure. Harvey is now a tropical storm, but it continues to ravage the Houston area. Storm is dumping massive amounts of rain. Forecasters predict the area will get a year's worth of rain in just one week. Thousands are without power, and the area is seeing record flooding. President Donald Trump is expected to visit Texas on Tuesday after signing a disaster declaration last week as the storm swept ashore. Meantime, people on the East Coast are preparing for what's expected to become Tropical Storm Irma later today. It's not expected to become a hurricane, but will bring gusty winds and heavy rain to the coast of the Carolinas today and tomorrow. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Medical researchers say a compound found in breast milk may also be useful in fighting some common causes of inflammatory bowel diseases like Crohn's and colitis. A team at the Cleveland Clinic collected breast milk samples and isolated a component commonly known as hyaluronic acid, or HA. They found that HA was effective in tightening leaky portions of the intestines that cause inflammatory bowel disease. It was also effective against fighting salmonella bacteria. They found that HA activated natural antibiotics and prevented salmonella from surviving in the intestine. This is amazing. We've always known that mother's milk is the best thing for mother's baby. But the idea it may have all of these other benefits, that's pretty groundbreaking stuff, isn't it? It's the first I've ever heard of this. Yeah, me too as well. That'll be very interesting. I think later in the week when we have Dr. Kronhaus on with a with a house call here, I'm going to ask him about that. I'm going to earmark that one for, for Thursday morning show. What else you got, Tom? Well, uh, a group of wild turkeys is making life difficult for people in the small town of Stamford, New York. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a few male turkeys decided they are the dominant residents in the area after locals fed them about three years ago. Witnesses say they're aggressive and territorial and even chase people. There are reports of joggers being chased by these wild turkeys. No kidding. Turkeys no, can get pretty big, too. Yeah, oh, especially I wild mean, yeah. ones. I mean, that would be scary if you're out for your morning jog and a turkey started chasing you. <laughs> I recall, I think I am right on this. Some historian in the audience will correct me on Open Mind Monday, I'm sure, if I'm not. Ben Franklin wanted the wild turkey to be the national bird, not the bald eagle. I remember reading that, yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Maybe he would rethink that if he uh, connected with any of those turkeys up in Stanford, New York. <laughs> Nasty. You're Nasty probably group. right. But you have the solution, though. What? I mean, say this. You, you know you have the solution. What's the solution? A turkey hunt. Yes, absolutely right. I mean, come on. I'm into hunting critters. Now, don't get me started. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. And uh, today marks National Rainbow Bridge Remembrance Day. If you're not familiar with what that is, August 28th is set aside as a day to remember our lost pet companions. They say they cross the Rainbow Bridge when our pets leave All us. from here to the afterlife. Exactly. I didn't know that either. Yes. And today's also National Cherry Turnover Day. Fun fact about cherries, after they were brought to North America in the 1600s by English colonists, there are now an estimated 1,000-plus varieties of cherries in the U.S. 
And there weren't any here? Apparently not. And the Brits brought them over? The Brits brought them over in the 1600s, and now we have more than a thousand different kinds. How about that? Yeah, you know, and we thanked them by cleaning their clock in the Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you with us, Tom. Good to be here, buddy. Tom Alexander with the news at the top of the bottom of the hour all week long in Deb's absence and, of course, bringing us breaking news whenever it happens. Callers, stay in place, if you will, on the 50,000-watt front porch. Be clear and focused. We'll try to get all of you on the air uh, so you can be heard on Open Mind Monday. But let's check the incoming on the text line at 23680. What do you see, Yaffe? Yes, but I'm getting a lot of people texting on the Sheriff of Pyro, uh, Pyro Pardon. Right. And um, his name is like. That's a tough one to say when you put it all together. <laughs> Pardoned by the president on Friday night, <laughs> Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Uh, yes, a lot of people are mentioning that Obama pardoned a ton of people, you know, criminals, a lot of them, and nobody seemed to care then. Yeah. And so how can they be upset at this? And a lot of people just really happy. With the fact that Trump did it, they agree with Trump doing that. Yeah, you and I are supportive of the pardon. No doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, we absolutely are. By the way, Ohio's going to have a uh, news conference today, and he's apparently got a lot to say. Grateful to the president, but he's madder than a hornet over what they tried to do. <laughs> what has he not had a lot of things to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is something. I remember having him on the old afternoon show on WFLA, and uh, he was just amazing. We could never get him in the morning. He'd have to be up in the middle of the night. The poor guy's 85, although he doesn't really act it, does he? I mean, the guy is still hale and hearty. So anyway, let's go to the phones right now on Open Mind Monday. Bobby, you're on with a Bud Man. Good morning from Eustace. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, Bobby. Good morning, sir. Help us out over here in our mobile home park. People are talking about... Uh, what's going to happen with a government shutdown? They're being told by fake news that they're going to lose their Social Security, their disability, their food stamps. Please help us out, Bud Man. Well, i got to tell you, I don't think you're going to lose any of those things. You're certainly not going to have your Social Security checks withheld. It'll be all non-essential services, or at least some of them, uh, that get shut down. You know, you won't be able to go to um, uh, federal facilities like, you know, national parks, all of this or, or whatever. Uh, and it's really only a very partial government shutdown. I wouldn't push the panic button there, Bobby. Oh, Bud, man, we are, you know, uh, I'm in a mobile home park here, yeah. and I talk to people all the time, and senior citizens get a little bit worried about things, and we appreciate you uh, cluing us in on what's going to happen. Thank well, you all very right. much, sir. Great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch from beautiful Lake County and Eustis. Thank you, sir. Um, where are we here? Oh, Ben, good morning from Claremont. What's on your mind? Hi, bud. I'm just... Wondering why people aren't outraged that Michelle Obama's college roommate in Canada received millions of taxpayer dollars for a computer program that failed. Oh, she was the one who was involved in putting together that Obamacare website that crashed and burned off the top when they opened up the uh, Obamacare program? Yeah, it was her company. And mm. If I remember right, it was something like... It was over half a million dollars for a program that they replaced for less than one million dollars. I don't know what happened there. You think nothing? I know nobody mentioned it, but that seems mighty cozy that the Obama's college roommate would be receiving that kind of money in Canada. Yeah. Hmm. We got to look into that a little bit. I kind of lost track of that, uh, Ben. So yeah, we'll, I... we'll see. What, if you come up with something, let me know, will you? Okay. All right. Good enough. Fair enough. Uh, where are we going here? We're going to 
Craig, I think he's got something to say from Sanford this morning on the president pardoning yeah. the toughest sheriff in America, Joe Arpaio hey, uh, of Phoenix. Yeah, what uh, Arpaio ought, ought to do is he ought he would win hands down. I got two things I want to say. He ought he would win hands down if he ran against Jeff Flake. Okay. Uh, and people would vote him in on that one. Second thing, I'm not very happy with Rex Tillerson taking a shot at his boss, Donald Trump. You heard what he said, didn't you? I heard him say that the president speaks for himself when oh, he was yeah, on was Fox terrible. News Sunday. No, I was no, watching yeah, He left it all on his shoulders. I'll tell you what, uh, with a, he needs to get rid of these people real quick. You don't like he, Tillerson? He has no friends. I mean, you don't take a shot. At, he's Secretary of State and taking a shot at your boss. I he didn't know. I didn't. I didn't. You know, it's funny. I was. I didn't really have such a problem with that one. I watched I Tillerson say it and the way he said it. Yeah, I, I, that's yeah, interesting. He's, he's got. He's got too many enemies around him. So you think we got more house cleaning needs to be done? Who needs to yeah, go next? He needs, he needs to run as an independent next time and get rid of the Republican Party because the Republican Party ain't doing him any good. Well, they, they don't even have his back. Craig, Craig, who who does he need to throw out right now? Who does he need to can the president? Who needs to get rid of him? Oh yeah, uh, Ryan. Uh, McConnell. Well, he can't do that. They were elected. Yeah, I know. He okay, can't yeah, do that. Tillerson. <laughs> I mean, he can get rid of members of his own staff. He could fire Tillerson tomorrow. Yeah, who else? Do you want him out? Yeah, Tillerson needs to go. You know who they need to bring in in his place? Who's that? Is, uh, Mike Huckabee, who I always who I wanted to see as VP. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because he's always had his back, Mike uh-huh. Huckabee. Yeah. And his daughter works for the administration, you know. Anybody else need to go? What about the generals? Um, you like them? You don't like Mattis? Yeah. Do you like McMaster? Do you like you like Kelly? Where are you on all of these people? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, the verdict is still out on these generals. I don't like the fact that we're uh, hanging on in Afghanistan because all we're doing is protecting the poppy fields over there. And if you notice, we have a heroin epidemic in this country. Don't you find that interesting? Yeah, and, and, and turn and the poppies we, into we, opium, right? Mm-hmm. We we will not touch the poppy fields over there for whatever reason. I find that very interesting. Yeah, good talking with you. Open Mind Monday, terrific here and hanging out in the fifty thousand watt front porch. Anything else coming into the text line over there, Yaffe? Or are things quiet on the two three six eight zero text line? Just getting more and more people that support the decision to pardon the sheriff. Lots of people. One person said Obama pardoned one hundred and sixty Gitmo prisoners. So if he can do that, boy, that's a good point. Yeah, can't be can't be too upset at what uh, Trump did here. Yeah, there you go. What do you think about whatever is important to you? I want to know. That's why we do Open Mind Monday. You know, most most talk show hosts would not do this, but I've got a terrific audience here, and the collective wisdom of those of you who join us on the fifty thousand watt front porch never more profoundly on display than when we do Open Mind Monday. What's on your mind? Let me know. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. Text line 23680. Whether you agree with me or not, doesn't matter. This is your show every Monday from 8 until 9. Time's tight, so be quick and focused, if you will. Here's Bertha in the land on Open Mind Monday. Go ahead, Bertha. Good morning. I disagree. I think that pardon is going to get him impeached. On what basis? Just because they think he's trying to use his power to do a lot of other things with that Russia um, in probe, and I think they, the Republicans are going to get him out there before the end of the year. Really? Even though yep. it's a Republican-controlled House and they're gonna, Senate? They're going to impeach him. Are they going to convict him and throw him out? They go, He'll be out by the end of the year. Really? Yep. The 28th of August. I'm saving the tape, Bertha. You may have to eat your words on this one, but thanks for sounding off on Open Mind Monday. 
Lars from Hawthorne, what's on your mind, buddy? Good morning, Bud. Uh, you know, it's really interesting how whenever you have a white supremacist group, even if it's a peace rally, Annabelle always shows up. I think somebody needs to harm, uh, uh, harm, uh, put this together and in a uh, stadium and then put it on pay-per-view. All I have to do is have a peace rally advertised. Anybody can come to our peace rally and put the whole shoot match on pay-per-view because somebody should be making some money out of this somewhere along the line. <laughs> All right. That's interesting, Lars. Thank you. Line 2, Jay on Orlando. It's Open Mind Monday. Go ahead. Good morning, bud. You are the most wonderful newscaster in Orlando. Many, many years ago when you were on the WB, you did a special newscast for my parents' Valentine's Day and 50th wedding anniversary. I remember that, Jay. I do remember that. Oh, my goodness. How wonderful to hear from you, and thank you for the kind words. Well, I have one other thing I'd like to say, and, and your man who answers the phone is very polite. Yeah, he's he great. corrected me. But Voltaire said, I don't agree with what you say, President Trump, but I will defend to my death your right to say it. And I think that's the way America should look at that statement. Thank you very much, Jay. I do appreciate that. Who's talking about you, Yaffe? You know, my executive producer, when he doubles as a screener, treating our callers like gold, which is exactly what they are. The absolute lifeblood of the show, I think you would agree. Yep, definitely. Yeah, and you do your primetime show and you take calls and texters as well. Uh, in the evening, usually in the middle of the week. So we will look forward to future editions oh, of this week of <laughs> yep. Beyond Reason with Yaffe in prime time here on WFLA. Great being with you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LaunaHasTheBuyers.com. We'll keep our eye on Texas and be all over that story and whatever else is going on tomorrow morning. President still scheduled for a Texas visit to the storm area. We'll follow that. Stay tuned for a news update uh, at the top of the hour. And then listen to the first hour of Glenn Beck for your your texting word of the day. Text it when a free trip to Las Vegas for the iHeart Music Festival. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.